P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let him run! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, uh, that's a tape, tape. Whoever she is, I'm going to find her and I'm going to hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> I'm always home. I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up. Hey, Hoffmans, welcome to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm still Brian Rodriguez. And I'm still Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, we're always ready to rewatch Philip Seymour Hoffman films. And Kyle, I got a quick question for you. I'm ready. Are you a football fan? Uh, you know what? I'm sure there's Philip Seymour Hoffman fans around the world, so which football are you talking about, Brian? <laughs> American football. I am an American football fan, a disappointed one for the past eight years. So you're familiar, though. Well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dig that, you know, deeper. Trust me. But you're familiar with the term an audible, correct? Uh, yes, very much so. So today, Hoff fans, we had to call an audible for uh, health reasons. Luckily, turned out okay. But of course, we know you guys voted for happiness, and it seems like we're just avoiding happiness. <laughs> Why ever would we do that? But. <laughs> But in all actuality, well, I, I don't want to explain, Kyle. Why don't you uh, tell the Hoff fans out there? They should know you're okay. But oh, yeah, yeah, no. Why don't you explain uh, what happened? The other day, I uh, went out for breakfast with my girlfriend and then came back, and I just immediately felt like I was shivering, but I was hot, and, you know, hey, the world we live in, um, I was nervous, so... Had a Zoom meeting with a doctor, and then I got a you know COVID test uh, yesterday. Got the results back uh, today, and but we had already made the plans to do it remotely, so we're doing it. But the uh, results are negative, so happy about that. But just you know, I haven't been sick the past six months. I'm an asthmatic, so I guess I'm technically you know more susceptible to it, or would hit, or would do more harm or be worse for me to get. Uh, COVID-19, so just at any of those moments, wanted to take it as seriously as possible. Yeah, so to be clear, happiness is not available streaming anywhere. We had to get the DVD, so it was something that we had to do in person. But Kyle, you know, we just took the precaution and said we're going to have to do a remote one. Unfortunately, we couldn't do happiness remote since we only have one DVD on this short notice. So we had to pick another film. And of course, thank you for putting my health and the health of others first in this. We're happy to hear that you're negative. But like you said, we just got the news yes. uh, like about an hour ago. Yeah, and, and even, even, if I don't, to scramble. even if I don't have COVID-19. Um, you could have COVID-20. I could have COVID-20. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Uh, no, I, I, I still was sick two days ago, so I don't want to get you sick. There's still regular sickness illnesses out there. So, yes. But yes. So we decided to choose another film and we kind of just went to our streaming services, what's easy to watch. So we have HBO Max and we said Talented Mr. Ripley is on there, so why not? We both like boats. We both like this movie. This movie has been on the polls a lot. 
Uh, not recently, but I think it's been on two or three times. So we said, let's do Talented Mr. Ripley and save happiness to next time. Yeah, you know what? It's October. It's the month of Halloween. This has a creepy, suspenseful, Hitchcockian vibe to it. So I'm all about watching this movie. Had a blast. Uh, I feel like I've seen it since we watched it oh so long ago for P.S. I Love Hoffman with uh, our guest, Mike Manzi, one of the co-founders of uh, the cage club podcast network and uh, i mean tommy 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 uh, it's, it's <laughs> looking forward to re-watching this yeah an early great hoffman role definitely something that's super exciting so sorry about the audible guys but we're uh you know we're excited for it that's for sure so kyle you have hbo max queued up yes you would do as well yes uh so 38 seconds is our time code that we discuss so I have it on 38, you have it on 38, but if you guys have it on DVD or another streaming service, if you rent it, we're on the part where you just see, what what uh, studio is this? The Paramount Mountain. The Par- Paramount, the, par- duh, par- the Paramount. Ah, gotcha. So that's the Paramount Mountain. Is it called something? I gotta look this up now. Is this an actual mountain? Um, I don't know. Is the Paramount Mountain I don't- real? I mean, maybe it's inspired by something, but I don't think it's... Some people said it's the Matterhorn. Um, it is not the Matterhorn. Um, it's. A, I mean, it's. I'm, I'm assuming it's made after, or inspired by a mountain in the States. It's actually not a real mountain. They say some of it, it looks like a mountain in Peru, but it's never been officially... Uh, called well, that if you look up the well, I think that's, called... that's the one the mountain in Peru is the one that is Indiana Jones right oh maybe they used it for that that would make sense right but apparently it looks just like that one and that one's called Artisan Rahu <laughs> I'm glad you had to try to pronounce that <laughs> alright regardless real mountain not real mountain I on your it's screen not a cold you mountain, see like or it is a cold mountain well it is a cold mountain but it's not the cold <laughs> it's not mountain the cold, yeah. Now you see like one or two stars in the corner, right? Yeah, yeah. The cusp of frame left. Yes, so that's where we are. So why don't you count us down, Kyle? We're about to press play on this talented Mr. Ripley rewatch. All right, here we go, Hoff fans. Three, two, one, play. All right, playing. And this is, uh, you know, the stars are going around. Now, I was ready for happiness, so I didn't really do my research on Mr. Ripley here, so gonna have to maybe because this is a book. This is a book series, right? That's what yeah. We that's the whole thing. It's uh, and then uh, there's been a few others. There's one with like John Malkovich, I think that's been released. Oh yeah, and, ooh, it came out and, in the twentieth anniversary of Miramax Films. And guys, a couple warnings. Um, as you are probably a fan of the show and you know if I record from my home, you might hear my dogs. We can't really edit too much out on these because they are live rewatches. And it's the weekend here, and in my neighborhood, people like to ride very loud motorcycles on the weekend. So if you hear that, I apologize as well. You know, maybe maybe imagine it's one of the Vespas in Rome, <laughs> and then it'll be better for you. Very creepy when... opening. I'm digging it. But at least the music is haunting, I should say. And hopefully our music isn't bleeding through. We've been trying to get better at that. I think it should be better this time with uh, us wearing headphones. Or I'm wearing headphones because I can hearing it all through the uh, computer. 
Yeah, I'm watching on TV, gotcha. my television, and wearing headphones, so it's hard for me to tell how loud it actually is. Ah, I see. Ooh, Barrett. I, I didn't... This is a baritone. Oh, yeah. I didn't remember this, uh... These colors, right? Like the way this this is really cool looking. And of course, Kirsten Dunst plays the mom there. It's it's not true, but when you see her, she looks like an old Kirsten Dunst. Always forget this movie opens up in Manhattan. Yeah. Was that the upper uh, upper west side, upper east side? I didn't really get a good look. It's certainly like over the park. It's going to be, I think, upper... Upper east side. No, that because that wasn't looking yeah, down right? towards the Empire State Building. So, oh, that was at the Empire State Building. Yeah. Then, then it would be Upper West yeah. Side. You're right, unless they flip the image. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought I saw some buildings that are on the Upper West Side. Oh, I see. Well, there's the hut. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's possible that it's like, I don't know. It looks like a relocation, but you never know. This was a very popular movie at the time. Oh, yeah, Philip Baker Hall Phil- is in this? Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, I forgot he was in this. Hoffman collaborator. And what an A-list cast. Even today. They're just not making films I know, like, like this anymore. No, no, you're right. Well, I think the moment for like admiring uh, rich white society is maybe not now, you know? Uh, I think we like to focus a little bit more on different kinds of stories these days. Um, you know, that's just in vogue. Probably for the better, right? But I like stories like this, too. Definitely. I uh, Just going back to what you said about the colors before, I like it because it's very much of the of the time, you know? Like that transition yes. of the 50s into the 60s. Uh, yeah, just kind of reminds me of colors that were actually used in a, uh, a movie-covered via the Cage Club Podcast Network, that thing you do. So that early 60s kind of vibe. One of your favorite movies. Music movies, sure. And uh, question. Oh, we're, I didn't know you were watching a late quartet, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> that would be a really good uh, mash. Like, we should, you know. See, this is why we needed to, to invent a Hoffman bingo game early on. Quartet, check. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this guy. (laughs) No, he's in a whole bunch of stuff, this guy. Oh, God, I wish I knew his name. This guy? No, not this guy. Oh, the guy that turned the lights on the stage? Yeah, yeah, he's like a popular character actor. Oh. Um, I'm going to look him up. But what's this actor's name? I always forget. Yeah, I'm really bad too, but I just opened this up on... Uh... He, he's in Independence Day. Yes. James Reborn, the late James Reborn. J- James Reborn, yeah. Dickie Greenleaf. Great name. Now you see the green... <laughs> it's a 
that's a it's a pretty solid uh ooh, I love the cutting to the record and the jazz. Who's the director again? Uh oh, how do you pronounce his name? Anthony Mingeli? Mingeli? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who directed another option, another movie we'll cover eventually, Cold Mountain, and then he did, yeah. you know. Or at least he was the yeah, he's definitely the writer of those. I can't English Patient is, yeah. you know, the now people hate the English Patient but at the time, beloved movie. Um that's what he really like yeah. got Super famous for. Oh, he died. I didn't realize that. Died at 54. Young age. Yeah. It's This is a pretty solid opening of a movie. You know, it just does a really good job kind of establishing him, like his character, and just really giving you quick glimpses into what what it is to be him just so many jobs Ooh, executive producer Sidney Pollock cool so he's just he's learning he's learning all the jazz so he can talk about jazz he's definitely an incredibly intelligent person Will Hunting <laughs> nobody is you know like he's He's uh, not classically educated, but he's like a sponge. He's yeah. smart enough to absorb these things that he can yeah, c- be, you know, almost classically it kinda, <laughs> uh, trained. It kind of makes you wonder, I guess it's just the, you know, I don't think we ever learn uh, what his upbringing was and stuff like that. But just uh, that, I guess. So, certainly working class. Yeah, yeah. But I guess he just never got a chance. But you would think that one one person that intelligent and obviously has a pretty good work ethic that he's working so many different jobs that he would have found a way to work through school and be smart enough to learn something, you know? It was hard to do, especially back then, to get to this high level of society. Well, I'm not even saying that high level, but I don't know, more than. You gotta hustle, you gotta pay the bills. Or just take over somebody's life, murder them. Well, that's a way to go. Remember, <laughs> he's fairly young here, too. Who knows if he continued to ply at his trade what he would make for himself. He's really young here, you know? The Titanic? Yep. That's what this movie is. It's a prequel to Before Jack Gets on the Boat. <laughs> oh, that's the, that's, his, uh, that's Fabrizio, Jack's Italian friend that does. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Jesus. Oh, I know, that was rude. God, I'm looking for who played this stagehand. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett is pretty young here, but she always looks old to me. Yes. Not old in like a weird way, but she always looks like... Like, she's younger than we are now, I believe. Oh, way younger, the same I age, feel like. Right? I think she's probably, like, I don't know, 26? And she does not feel that way. If I saw this exact person in a bar, I'd be like, oh, matron, how do you do? You know, she's so, like, matronly. Yeah. She, Let's see. She, she, what year did this come out? Uh, 97, 98, 99. 99. Okay. So she's... He's 30, so a little younger than us. Oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, she looks like she definitely, like, I feel like grew into her looks. 
Or well, not in a bad way. But no, not in a bad way. Exactly. You know, like, no, 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 exactly. Like that's I mean it in the most like she still looks the way she did at 30 in my opinion. So, awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like and like she's one of those people who are always they, are, they, are you gonna, looks like there's a guy in a white suit that's walking behind him, but I don't know if he's gonna show up again in the shot. Maybe he just looks very like not of the time with his facial hair. Come on, show him again. Come on. You see him? He kind of looks like a mambo king. Like oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> just I don't know. It's very the the facial hair just doesn't look of the time. It's very shaped up. Yeah. It kind of look, he looks like what, like also at that time, you know, with, with Brian, uh, Brian Setzer and like all the swing and everything like that. He he just looks like he's of this era in the nineties. Yeah. Sometimes I wish we could just, you know, talk about random movies and well, we can, right. But like, you know, I guess we don't have to record it, but I would really love to do one of these on Swingers. It would just be fun to watch Swingers and yeah. talk about it, you know. I covered a scene uh, from Swingers in um, Foodie Films one time. I guess that maybe could be a movie I could talk about in Foodie Films. They go to a lot of bars and clubs, maybe. I don't know. Is it, isn't it like a bar, considered like a bar hopping movie? Like, mm, That's tough. Yeah, I know. I I think you could maybe get away more with it with a uh, hypothetical project we've discussed because it ha- does have an influential soundtrack. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It would be a stretch there too, but yeah. But um, just even well, we're going to get to some a famous music scene in this later, so I'll, I'll talk about what, what I'm thinking about then. I'll remember it. Have you, you've been... No. What? <laughs> I've never been to the Italian Riviera. Not the Italian Riviera, but, I mean, you've been to Rome. <laughs> yes, 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 I was going to say. And what is the Italian Riviera called? The Riviera? No, right? I guess it's not the Italian Riviera, because Italian Riviera is actually the Riviera. So this is... What do they call this, then? The Amalfi Coast? Yeah, correct. Or is the Amalfi Coast? Okay. Yeah. Is that where they are, right? I believe so. Because the Riviera is in the north, the Amalfi Coast is on the left, and I forgot what they call the the one on the right. Oh, that, yeah. Because um, that's across from like where I was in Greece and Croatia. Yeah, like the Adriatic, but I, they probably, I don't, they have a name for that, I think, too. But I haven't done a lot of Italian travel. Um, I always feel like... And maybe out there you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I always feel like Italian travel, nice, Speedo. Um, <laughs> but you know what? They don't make those for men anymore. Because, like, the Speedos for men now, like, ride lower. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which I, I'm just, I'm all for. The low riding or the high riding? The lo- the lo- the longer, the less I have to, uh, the more I have to imagine, the better, I guess. <laughs> this is such an awkward introduction Ugh. yeah yeah you've done this on many a beach though <laughs> that's why i travel <laughs> oh what i was gonna say i haven't done a lot of italian travel i mean i am married so this is gonna sound weird but like i always felt like it was more uh, of a thing i could do later in life with like my wife you know rather than something i wanted to do when i was younger if that makes sense mm. 
Uh, it's so romantic. It's so like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of seems like a lot of relaxing and eating good food and having a good time and. Felt like I could save it. Yeah. Great honeymoon idea. Well, yeah. My, uh, my friends Liz and Nick, that's what they uh, did for their honeymoon. Like, I think a lot of southern Italy and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. No, it, it, yeah, it seems like a, a country that I would want to dedicate, you know, a, a trip to, like a single trip versus, you know. I mean, you and I are similar that will kind of jump from country to country for specific cities. But there's just a lot in Italy and seems like a fun country to drive around in also. So, uh, that aspect of it and yeah, definitely go there with someone special and enjoy some good meals. I love the way, um, Gwyneth Paltrow talks in this. Come and have lunch with us. This is when Gwyneth Paltrow is arguably at her hottest. I don't mean looks. I mean, like, you know, she's in, she's in, I'm not dissing her. I think she's great, but like, I don't know if she's an A-lister today. I don't think if she makes a movie tomorrow, everyone has to go see that movie. No, she's definitely become just more of like a figure than. Um, yeah, she's almost more celebrity than actor. You yeah, know? she's just she's gooping it up. But here, she yes, gooping it up. Here, she is legitimately one of the top five, probably grossing. Uh, actresses in Hollywood. Well, had she had she just won for? Uh, Let's see. This is what you call a sexy movie, you know. <laughs> Sex, you know what I mean? Oh, I thought, sexy landscapes. I thought you were gonna like explain what um, what Jude Law is doing to Gwyneth Paltrow right now, isn't it? Like, oh, oh, <laughs> but I mean, like, sexy landscapes, right? Good-looking people. Even the dorks are good-looking people, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, we, we we definitely talked about it the first time around, like, including our main man himself in this, like, call him the core five, as we've now met all of them, of Gwyneth Paltrow, Jude Law, Matt Damon, Kate uh, uh, Blanchett, and, of course, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Just, like, you know, they're all right around the same age. They're each... You know, I mean, I guess so. Gwyneth, I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow, and then Matt Damon are, I guess, the highest. The good Matt Damon, right, got the recognition, got the Oscar for uh, Goodwill Hunting, and was mm-hmm. that the same year as she won Best Actress? Uh, what year is Goodwill Hunting? I think it's around like ninety. I'm trying. To... Shakespeare in Love's ninety-eight. Let me see. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting's ninety-seven. I don't know about Oscars, but that's when they were released. Oh, he does such a good James Reborn here. Yeah, yeah. Who does he say he is right now? Tom Ripley. Oh. (laughs) 
<laughs> you a big fan of the Paul Bear? <laughs> no. Can you name the other Hoffman film she's in? I'm sorry? Gwyneth Paltrow. The other Hoffman film she's in. Other Hoffman film she's in. Huh. Um, boy. I wouldn't. I mean, it's hard to say it's a Hoffman film. He's hardly in it, but it's definitely a formative film in his career and her career, frankly. Huh. Why am I playing? Obviously, it's earlier on then. Yeah. Uh. So. She's not in Big Lebowski. Nope. She's not in Twister. Nope. Uh, I don't. Go ahead. Why am I blanking? We, we have two hours and twenty minutes. If you, I'm just gonna have you rattle them off until you get it. We yeah. <laughs> I thought you were giving. I thought the two hours and twenty minutes was a hint at what movie it was. Oh no no no! Mm, smell like oranges or lemons? Lemons? Oh yeah, of course they're lemons. It's, it's the Amalfi Coast. Those are big ass lemons for some good limoncello. Oh, I love a good limoncello. I've become one of the after dinner drink. That's for sure. Oh yeah, but. I, I, I feel bougie ordering them, but still. You know I like my Sambuca. Italians. Great after-dinner drinks. Yeah. Limoncello, Sambuca, Amaretto. I'm sure there are more, but those are three right there that are all-timers. I, <laughs> I love it. He's just such a... Is there is a Black Widow? Can a Black Widow also be a? Uh, or is there a male equivalent? Is that just a obviously widow? A Black Widower. <laughs> hmm. I gotta think about this. I really don't want to. <laughs> All right. Do you give up? <laughs> No, I want to. Wait, okay. So let me let me think. Um, oh God, what it? Uh, oh, hard eight. Yes, hard eight. Yeah, she's got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, she's. Duh, wow. It's such a. That's such a. I mean, she's. You know, she's like pretty much the only woman in it. So maybe she should stand out more. But that's just a male-driven movie. And obviously, you don't feel like Gwyneth Paltrow films hard eight, but yeah. Yeah, and then uh, and of course, uh, wow, and then Philip Baker Hall being in this. So a uh, little, a little connection. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what I was. Uh, I was thinking about before and wait, figured wait until this Brian Setzer did a cover of this that came out right around the same time as this movie. And my dad was uh, really into Brian Setzer. Um, and it was just, yeah, just like a big part of like, just right around this time, you know, the swing and everything like that. But cause I had no idea what the lyrics were. And then Brian Setzer came out with a version <laughs> If you woke up with a stray cat's tattoo, would you be a little disappointed? A little, yeah. I guess there's worse things. How big is it? Where a lot is worse it? Things. You know. You know. I don't know if you've seen like the stray cats like cat logo. Yeah. Um. Well, it'd be kind of. I guess you know, like make me think of the uh, great bar music venue in New Orleans, the Spotted Cat. So, 
would be the worst, I guess. I didn't realize that's a Long Island band. The Stray Cats. Ah, oh, huh. I didn't realize either. Master that famous Kikula. Long Island sound. <laughs> wah, wah. They're actually from the South Shore, but... Why aren't they in the Long Island Hall of Fame? I don't know. Why aren't they? Why don't they have a little? Pl- did Did you look at every uh, footing at the actually rest stop? I couldn't. I couldn't tell you if Brian Setzer was on there, uh, but he should be. Americano, Americano wants to buy a diamond ring because that's his baby's favorite thing. Must be fun to be like a trust fund baby in in Europe at any point at any maybe. point exactly in this era in this era I was thinking I I would um like you know post world war 2 but like enough time that they you know some rebuilding has happened but like you know they, they uh you know a, a lot of them like americans and then jazz is around it's just like that'd be great yeah definitely you know this is a good era for it Obviously, the twenties is a good era for it. Yeah, I just rewatched again. Uh, actually, when Danielle and I were out in Long Island, uh, midnight in Paris, and it's just like, I know that movie is all about making people recognize that like the era they're living in is their own golden era. But it's like, nah, that that era would have been pretty great. <laughs> yeah, but I think it goes exactly to what I just said. Any era is pretty great when you're rich. Yes, exactly. And even not rich, yeah. well connected. We'll put it that way, you know, because there's movements like that happening right now. We just don't know it because we're not well connected. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, our grandchildren will be like, "Oh, you you didn't go to Baltimore and hang out with this person and this style of music we don't even know." I'll be like, "I didn't know." Like, if everyone knew who Hemingway became today at the time and they had the means, they would have been searching Paris looking for Hemingway, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Form of, or, form of tourism. Or just even if, like, there was social media. Like, there probably are out of, I mean, there's just way too many people trying to become, you know, uh, insta-famous and everything like that. But there, are, I'm sure there are some legit ones in in the fold, of influencers and stuff like that, they'll actually go on to do some great things. Uh, True. And also you're right though. Like, yes, people were famous, but 99% of people did not know what Picasso looked like. So he could go to a bar and if he doesn't announce he's Picasso, you're not going to know. Yeah. Yeah. Or like he's tagging himself at a place. (laughs) (laughs) This... I always forget that one of his like talents is uh, vocally. Like, yeah, he's very good at mocking people's voice. I remember. Not mocking. I remember yeah. uh, this. Was, this was another Reinfried family movie night, and my mom had read, I guess maybe a review on it or whatever, and she was like, "And Matt Damon like does all the impressions himself." <laughs> I was just like, at the time, I feel like you're. Mo- I feel like your mom read the TV guide. <laughs> no, because I mean, I the think TV she was, guide. She, always, she tends. Yeah, no, you're you're right, but I think she's like it was always like the Bergen Record reviews. I feel like there was 
fair, but like TV Guide, I, I don't think kids today understand how important TV Guide was. I don't think was they even know what a TV Guide is. If you said to them, yeah, I mean, it was a magazine that you had to get if you wanted to know. Now they would put it in the paper too, but if you really wanted to know what was on every channel at any point, you got your TV Guide. There wasn't a menu button. Eventually, they had the menu channel. Um, yeah, for cable. Yeah, exactly. If you had cable, yeah, but. If you want to know what was on, there was no, like, click a button and see what was going to be on. You had to get a TV Guide. And in it, like, pretty much if you were on the cover of TV Guide, you were a big deal. And if they had a feature on you, you were a huge deal. Because it was a necessary magazine if you wanted to watch TV. As simple as that. Or you could wing it and see what was on, which is fun. Channel surfing, I don't think as many people do it today as, you know, happened at the time. There's basically two things. Read your TV Guide. Or channel surf. That's it. I love channel surfing. I kind of... It's hard to do now. Yeah. Like the way TVs are built. Yeah. Like the old clicker. Like down, down, you know? And because things are digital, the channel takes longer to load. Yeah. Back when it was analog, you could just go da 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 you know, and like see things for a second. Big glasses movie. Yeah. Glasses and sunglasses. I love those sunglasses of his. Take a shot, Kyle. <laughs> I, I, not just because they were having drinks. It's just, they're on a boat. Another Hoffman boat film. Yeah. Maybe you'd get bingo. <laughs> she does do a really good job at um, that. the voice of that era. Because it does sound very... Or just... She's a really good actor. People like shit on her, but she's really good. Um... You know, I don't know. Her heart is clearly in a different place right now with the goop and stuff. But if, you know, she's good at her craft. Yeah, she's much more in, like, mogul territory now. Yes. Ooh, there's the lover. She has such an Italian look, if that makes sense. Like an old Italian uh, look, like the short hair. You know, it reminds me of really old films when they have the Italian beauty. Oh, bocce ball? I think it's Baki. We once played some in Halden, New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Good day, good day. I've played bocce at the Tellericos. They had a bocce ball. At one point, they had a bocce ball uh, court in their backyard. uh, Our good friend Anthony Tellerico's parents' house. Okay. They're just all so young, it's crazy. Young in an exotic town. But think about how annoying they must be to the locals. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine in your hometown, you just saw, like, drunk Swedish people all the time just, you know, doing their... Th- I guess, whatever. We wouldn't care, but you know some of the locals would We fa- We found the Italian exchange students annoying in our high school. That's because they took all our ladies. And they were wearing all the unisex sunglasses inside and just didn't make sense to me. And the, the big thing was, like, how tight their pants were, but, like... Ten years later, everyone would wear pants like that. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Is there a gay thing in this movie? Yeah, big time. I don't. Rem- I don't remember exactly what it is though. Who's Tom in love with it? Oh well, Tom. Tom is definitely. I'll say at least by. 
Um, and towards the end, he and hit. that's not just like a that's not just like a reading of the film. That's like a legitimate thing. No, because by the end, remember the last the last person, and it's uh, what's his name from uh, 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 oh god, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on the boat and their lovers. It's like the Pirates of the Caribbean. Captain. Oh yeah, 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 Ad, yeah, 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 Ad, yeah. Or what is it? What's it? Commodore Norton? Yeah, Commodore Norton. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I, I haven't seen those films in ages. Those would be fun to do rewatches of. Yeah, like a, like a talk. To- I don't know why. And there's nothing we'll ever do or cover. No spinoff podcast. That the only thing we could do is like convince Mike Manzi to do the third one on his and do it as a rewatch. But <laughs> really, realistically, there's no reason we should do it. But boat movies, boat movies. Kara and uh, Jordan originally were doing like. Had a boat cast. I thought idea, so. But... Yeah, I would have loved to talk to. What's that really? Be- is that boat trip? That horrible movie with Cuba going boat trip? Yeah, <laughs> gone fishing. U five seven one. Of course, the one I always like to say: the hunt for Red October. Submarines are boats. Yeah, that's 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 fair. Yellow submarine. What if we just did like a mini podcast, like a, a limited run podcast? Joey's gonna hate hearing this, but <laughs> <laughs> of like uh, like pirate movies. <laughs> pirate. Movies. We do all the pirates of the Carib- Caribbean. There is a very famous pirate movie that ruined uh, like a million people's careers, including Gina Davis, the very talented Gina Davis. Oh. It's called Cutthroat Cutthroat Island. <laughs> okay, we get to um, we would get to have a crossover with uh, uh, Hanks for the Memories with Captain Phillips. Oh, true, modern day pirates. Yeah, I'm the captain. Now. Look up Cutthroat Island when you have a chance. It didn't ruin Gene Davis' career. I think she was married to the re- director though, and like they broke up because of it. It's like Matthew Modine and Gina Davis and a huge big budget ninety eight million dollar budget in. What year is this? 1995 is huge. And it made $10 million. Are they in a tub together? Uh, or he's... No. Oh. Come on. Relax. He's, he's one of them in the, in the tub. T- yeah. You wouldn't do that with me? How, I'll put it this way. How much like money would I need to have for that to be... like? Okay? <laughs> not this. Not like locking eyes and stuff. But like, like Kyle, play chess with me in the tub. <laughs> Not literally getting into the tub, you understand. John Harden maybe would like this scene. We should get John Harden on um, to talk about this scene. Yeah. I just had him on uh, for my podcast, High School Slumber Party. We talked John Leguizamo's new film, Critical Thinking, and he was nice enough to give me a nice little, and all the people who, you know, who follow his Twitch chess channel, a nice little lecture on the moves of critical thinking. Yeah. And maybe... It made me feel very mentally unsuperior. Uh, sorry, Jude, Jude Law. Oh, Jude Law's penis? I didn't know we saw that in this film. Yeah, it was, a sh- it was very brief. It was shadowy. It was murky like the water. But Jude Law is someone who doesn't mind getting naked on camera. I f- if this was today, he totally would have done full frontal and he wouldn't have cared. That just wasn't popular at the time. I feel like... Oh, yeah, you're right. This is a very homoerotic film. Yeah. I, for- I forget if... Not I forget. I'm sorry. Uh, would you? I feel like Jude Law is like a the '90s Michael Fassbender. 
Because of his penis? No, just like his... Oh. like <laughs> because I'm not sure he could be. I mean, maybe. Can't I mean, un- no. Can't well, Michael Fassbender's Well, actually, penis. I wasn't thinking... Yeah, exactly. I wasn't thinking specifically Shane, but that movie made us know I that he was... can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Um... Boy, there's like planes, trains, and boats, and all automobiles in this movie. Our new podcast, Transportation Films. Yes. <laughs> on the road. Or on the... Traffic. Yeah. Tra- traffic the most. <laughs> there should be... You know what would be fun? A podcast that's just called Misunderstanding. So it's... Um, you know, So traffic would be one of them. And we're just like... But wait, like, when are they going to sit in traffic? It's just, like, for really horrible <laughs> moments, like like a movie like Juice. And it's just like, boy, I'm like, I just thought they'd be drinking juice the whole time. Dad jokes the pop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wait, are we going to, oh, I think we're going to get our big guy. I think this is his scene. Jude Law's getting naked again? <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, Hoffman. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Just looking at pirate movies. I know as Americans, we are all eating outside much more now, but that was always a favorite thing of mine in like Europe. They just, they just owned at the outdoor cafe style. And it's official in New York. We get outdoor dining to stay. Yeah. As long as they want it for eternity. Here we go. Yes. (laughs) Now you know why you've been listening to this episode for 40 minutes. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. Wow, we're only 40 minutes young. in? Wow. Well, to the recording, not the <laughs> so movie. But you want to just fuck every woman you see once? What a lie. <laughs> Tom. Wasn't that on your dating profile back in the day? Uh, yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> as always. I feel like when you were gallivanting in Europe, you were very much like... Uh, what's Philip Leonard Hoffman's character's name again? It's Freddie Miles. Freddie Miles. I feel like you were very much no. He's way too. I am. There's a. I mean, also because when I started traveling, it wasn't too long after these movies were very popular at the time. But the, the Hangover series. But I am much more of a Zach Galifianakis esque. No, you're not person than a Freddie Miles. No, you're not. Zach Galifianakis is like has no friends he has like a statutory no, just, rape charge i'm not saying the character in the movie i'm just saying like i don't know his silliness than like this you know i I've, I've never been to europe with you i feel like i have because i've heard so many stories but i've never been to europe with you i always pictured you gallivanting like this like a lot of swagger a lot of confidence just you know being Freddie Miles, looking at people. Ooh, look at mainly. that stare. Uh, replaced. He's... Yeah, exactly. Replaced. No, I no, I I can't. I'm not good enough of an actor to pull that off. To have that that level of uh, swagger and confidence. Do you consider Aquaman a pirate movie? Because Wikipedia does. <laughs> no, definitely not. I wouldn't. It's a submarine piracy set in modern times. Oh, there is. Oh, the one character is kind of technically a pirate. So, so I would consider Guardians of the Galaxy kind of piratey. 
Yeah, the Ravagers are yeah pirate esque. We'd have to cover one of your favorite movies of all time, Hook. Oh yeah! Oh my god, that would be so fucking worth it. And Muppet Treasure Island. I love that movie. Ah, uh, Rome. The Eternal City. That's the only yeah the only Italian uh, yeah place in Italy I've ever been to. Only city, only. Rome's great. Rome's great. I mean, I've been to Florence. Florence is beautiful. Florence. I would go back to Rome, but at the same time, if you know, it's like didn't have enough time, I would. Yeah, but it, usually, if you go to the Amalfi Coast, like you're going down from Rome, yeah, yeah, and 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 ending in like a what's it called, Naples, yeah, you know. So you might as well do like the two nights in Rome. Rome wasn't built in a day, but you can certainly travel and conquer it in two days. Yeah, which is exactly what I did, and I and I only went there because there wasn't a. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting caught like that. Uh, only went there because there wasn't like any affordable flights, and not even to European standards, but like American standards from uh, uh, Corfu, Greece to Split, Croatia, where I was going, and I had a couple of days before I really needed to be in Croatia, so I found like you know the way you do in Europe, a, like a $30 flight to Rome and then a $40 flight to Croatia. So I was like, yeah, and I get to check out Rome for two days. Why not? I was also I mean, yeah, very, f- when it went in Rome, Kyle. Yeah, I was though. That was a part of the trip. I always get in those big trips. I always get sick and it was right. That was like right in the middle too. And, uh, from partying too much and, Oh boy! It was uh, before that. Like I said, it was Greece. Before that was. Uh... Oh wait! I want to hear what he's saying. <laughs> and it's funny because Freddie is almost who Dicky. Sorry, who, uh, Ripley. Would want to be, you know? Yes. But Freddie is so effortless, and everything about uh, Ripley here is effort. He is trying so hard to be this, and Freddie is just not, you know? He's, like, not trying. This is who he is. And that's why he comes off as a smug asshole, because he is a (laughs) smug asshole, and he knows it. And I don't know if we mentioned the most famous thing uh, about this movie yet, but this is obviously when uh, Jesse Plemons was conceived by Matt Damon and Philip Seymour Hoffman. (laughs) Yes, that famous, famous night on the Amalfi Coast. <laughs> yeah. Only time in history that two men have been able to procreate together. And that was... Well, they're, they're, very, they're very talented actors, Kyle. It's true, yeah. So many blondes in this film, huh? Like degrees of blonde. <laughs> You're right. It's just like... Well, it's just good for... It's like, as far as them sticking out in Italy, you know? That is true. I know it doesn't matter at the end of the day. I know, like, whatever hair color is hair color, people have the right to change it. But I'm assuming Gwyneth Paltrow is a natural blonde, right? Yeah, and just knowing... Uh, it's like Blythe Danner. Exactly. Like I was going to say, too. knowing who her mom is. and Yeah, she's... Yeah. Of course, she plays a redhead in, as Pepper Potts. Oh, foreshadowing... So 
So I mentioned my podcast earlier, and it reminded me that I forgot to mention to all you guys, as we're like, you know, about 40-something minutes in, that you can check this podcast out at cageclub.me, that's cageclub.me, or wherever you get your podcast: Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. I need to add this to Amazon, as I need to add my own podcast to Amazon. Did you do that, Kyle? No. We got an email to make it accessible on Amazon as well. Oh. So check out check out your email because I need to do that too. <laughs> I didn't, really, we got an email from. That's what Joey said. Huh? Must have, if it, if it did, it must have went to uh, spam. Didn't you put that all Joey's emails <laughs> about the Cage Club Podcast Network? Didn't you put it that it just goes to spam? Shh. <laughs> Someone said on podcasting, I should do less explaining. Um, because, like, I'm always like, oh, by the way, Joey, he's the, uh, you know, co-founder of the Cage Club Podcast Network. He has all these great shows. But, like, I guess most people don't do that in forums. It's just like, you know, you got to be in the know. You got to listen to know who we're talking about. But I'll still do it because I want to promote his content. Too Fast, Too Forever. Uh, I'm a patron of that show. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Here we go. Iconic scene. <laughs> He's just so disgusted by him. I feel like you would make that face too, though. If yeah, you, oh, if yeah. you caught your friend yeah. doing this. Tommy. How's the peeping? How's the peeping, Tommy? <laughs> Classic Hoffman line. By the way, the talent on this boat, the acting talent on this boat, is just mind-boggling. Oh, yeah. Um, you, have, you have Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Matt Damon on a boat. So, But that's what I was saying before with Kate Blanchett, too. Obviously, she's not on the boat, but just this... Get her on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> uh and the Virgin Mary. And the Virgin Mary. Yeah, exactly. I'm not implying. Uh, wow. As after I said that, I'm not implying the Virgin Mary was an actor. No one take me that out of context. Oh God! What a world we live in that you need to explain yourself to that right now. <laughs> um, I believe. I believe we looked it up at the time, but this is a real festival on the Amalfi Coast. Yes. Before you said that, you you feel like I would make the same face. Um. If I caught friends, you know, or a friend doing what Tom was doing. Peeping. But it, it would be a little tough because I don't know how I would make that face to myself. Because I'd be the one. Because you'd be yes, the one yes, peeping. Exactly. I don't know if you'd peep on your friends. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, that'd be so weird. Yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no. This movie is dramatic. <laughs> Everything involving Italians is dramatic. <laughs> I thought it. You said it. <laughs> You're part Italian. You can say it. exactly. Oh, they draw, and the Virgin Mary sinks. He killed her. I mean, this is where you'd be like you. This is understandably dramatic. Oh, 100, yes, 100%. It's not like over, you know, like, oh, come, come on, relax here, right? A dead body rolled up of someone you know. 
That's what happens when you cheat. Oh, God. You get people Ugh. killed, Jude Law. Wait, you get what? You get people killed, Jude Law. Ooh. <laughs> know your fucking place. Uh, is this a... Uh, if <laughs> we should do a um a house guest uh, podcast and the, the, <laughs> this would be like, and we'll stay like, at a different person's house every time yeah exactly but it's like obviously house guests and like uncle buck this like it's just like un, 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 unwelcome un yeah yeah overstaying your welcome overstaying your welcome yeah Ooh, uh, as i read kyle now that it's relevant to this uh chris christie Test positive for coronavirus. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that. Um... Checked into the hospital. Can't... Oh, he checked into a hospital? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I heard of, I first heard you, then, then Chris Christie. I mean, I know you were worried because of the time you spent on the White House, correct? Uh, yes, exactly. I just, um, I just, you know, licked everything in the Lincoln bedroom. Not the first time you've done that. Nope. White, I, white I, I thought you wanted to, house. Yeah, I thought you wanted white to spend house. the summer at the White Horse this whole time, <laughs> I guess. You know, and just like uh, Steve Buscemi wanted, Trump never paid taxes, so. <laughs> anyway, we're not going to get political here. Those we are will talk more Armageddon. Armageddon, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, who's the star of Armageddon? Matt Damon's boy, Ben Affleck. It's related. Yeah, it's true. That line is so dumb, though, like the White Horse thing, because like. Yeah, if you saw the Lincoln bedroom of what do you think the white thing? Yeah, exactly. Is? Bruce Willis is such a yeah. What a dumb roughneck, huh? <laughs> I wonder if made today is this movie a little bit more gay, for lack of a better word. Um, like, I wonder if they like actually go through with some. I don't know how the book is, but like. This is the 90s, and it's a little bit more reserved when it comes to LGBT stories. I don't think people even think this is an LGBT story, you know? But it is. Yeah, no, it, it, I think, it is. I think there's a negative stigma, too, because, like, Ripley's not a great guy, you know? Well, I mean, ultimately, he's just... It has nothing to you know has nothing to do with his sexuality. He just ends up being a you know a total creep, and then I mean even becomes a murderer. But has, yes, but that's not because he's gay. No, yeah. but in the nineties, I'm sure there was like a little. Obviously, there was a little bit of like, oh, he's not. You know, I don't know whatever came with. Yeah, no, I mean that you and I are not qualified to speak on this, but there certainly was a perception in Hollywood like. Creepy gay guy. Like, Silence of the Lambs is a great example of, like, 
oh, here's a trans person. He's weird because he's trans. And they really make it seem that way in the film. You can't deny that. Um, I know we've talked about that before, but it's not because of that. He's he's like that. Like yeah, I mean, big oh, thing a, designs... yeah, big part of I mean, always you know, like if you're a pedophile, it was even like it was, you know, a male, an older male with a little boy. It was always just it was really bad perceptions about that. Yes, yes, you know, and it causes bad stereotypes. stereotypes exactly, um, yeah. But this, like, I think they could, like today they could even push farther with stuff because if you show that Jude Law is also and. He, you, I think we can infer that Jude Laws is also bisexual in this film as well. Uh, maybe he's not acting on it. I don't... Matt Damon shouldn't be doing this, though, because Jude Law's clearly not consenting. Yeah, I mean, I guess, obviously, the um, the, clo- the closest thing to make me maybe think Jude Law is bisexual is, I guess, the tub thing. But I, I, I don't know. There's a little weird... There's a, not a, an uncertainty on my behalf with that. Um, that just makes me think that comes from like his level of like high society and just like being taken care of, like just being in baths and someone drawing him a bath, just yeah. like almost you know like sauna, sauna bathhouse. Bath I feel like he kind of was being a little flirty there, though. Yeah, I think he's yeah. I I think if, I, I'm very curious about the book. I'll put yes, it that I think if this movie was made today, I think there'd be a more. Well, okay, but still, I guess we have to have to recognize that it is a period piece. So, it was made in the '90s, and now we're talking about the '90s since it's you know over two decades ago when this was made, right? No, mm-hmm. yeah, over two, yeah. Um, but then showing the '50s, so I think if it was made today, maybe there would be. Nah, I'm, I was I was thinking like there would be like maybe a conversation, just like. Like Dickie would say something like more forward to Tom, but since it's a period piece, I don't know where that falls and like how it would be made differently today. Yeah, apparently, like a lot. This is just one interpretation of Ripley. A lot of people have seen Ripley as a hero. A lot of people have seen him as a creepy villain. I think in this, he's kind of creepy. <laughs> you know? Oh, it's definitely he's he he is. If there's a male equivalent of a Black Widow, he that's what he is. Yeah. I mean, he just moves on, and he just... he's It's a level of, like, the mimicking and everything like that. I, who wrote this screenplay? I'm very curious. I think he did. I think. The writer? I think the... You know, I think the director directed oh anthony he adapted it let me see because to adapt something you got to kind of make it your own and i'm just curious who it was yeah you're right he adapted it himself i think everything he worked on he was at least one of the screenwriters because the writer i know uh patricia highsmith obviously a woman Mm. um much different perspective than him so very curious. When were you know, the books I, I think, written? That's one thing I don't remember. Fifty-five. So oh, okay, of the, the era. Was written. Yeah, interesting. I would love to. I I want to read uh, more up on her and like see if she you know did travel. You know, like I'm curious where these characters. Well, were. one thing I was going to mention, and I've looked her up before, is that she was gay. Oh, 
Okay. So I we're not bringing this up just to be like silly haha. No, or, didn't just like, because you know, you're like, gay doesn't mean then you have to write about gay characters. Or, exactly. You know. So we're not implying that, but certainly it was a world she knew and understood. Um, it had so a bit more insight I, too, for sure. Absolutely. So I, I'm very curious to read the books to see like. Is there more of that in the books? Because that's a story, honestly, I'd like to see because it's different. If there's one thing that makes this movie not your typical, like, waspy, high-society film, it's probably that. Yeah, I mean... Not that that how, doesn't happen how, in how that society. How many books are there but, again? Yeah. A lot. Let's see. I'll look it up now. I think, like, seven, right? Uh, maybe it's just five. I don't know. I can't remember now. She's credited with... Ah, she's so fascinating, writing the first lesbian novel that ever had a happy ending. Hmm. The Price of Salt. Ooh, foodie film? Foodie oh, oh. That became the, the film Carol. Oh! 2015, okay. And Carol's with Kate uh, Blanchett, right? Wow, connections everywhere. That's really cool. So, I mean, at this point, now that I'm looking more into it, the fact that this is, like, a movie made by, like, a iconic, for lack of a better term, um, LGBTQ writer, I'm going to, you know, I'll go out and say, I'd like to see more of it in this film. This wouldn't be something that I would be against them remaking. Um, well, and I, I ask how many books, because maybe, like, a miniseries or something, or... Oh, I would love two, that. HBO, you clearly have the rights to this film. Two or three seasons. Let's get it done. Maybe I don't. Yeah, you know, I don't know how many books there are again. But this a is the, lot. This is the, this uh, is the big moment. Uh, five novels. Okay. Oh, I'm totally forgetting about this. This is, yeah. Wow. The specifics of this conversation. Yeah, yeah. So in the novels, he's never actually called gay, but he clearly has moments like this. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Crazy practical effect. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. This movie gets intense. You have to see yeah. that. The... This is the most gruesome death, I think, in the film. 
Yeah. I mean, I know our main. Ooh, ooh. I mean, this is pretty gruesome. Yeah. Hitchcockian for sure. And it, it, it's weird. It, this all feels like a long, um, I don't want to say act one, but just like a long uh, opening, you know? Yeah. Because like the movie really kicks in after this, even though we're. Yeah, this is where he's cuddling with him. Hot. We're an hour in. Yeah. And now, now it feels like the movie's really kicking into gear. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is when he truly. Yeah, I mean, the movie's called Talented Mr. Ripley. Um, you know, we've seen some of his talent so far, and but this is just when he becomes... You know, the, you know, the Dr. Jekyll to the Mr. Hyde. We see what he's truly capable of. Just insane. What a weird and interesting film. It doesn't seem like a film like this today would be popular even, you know? It'd be like an indie hit. But, like, this film was a huge hit. Yeah. No, it really was. It was just, like I, I said, it, you know, way in the beginning, just, like, film films like these just aren't being made by... I mean, pandemic aside, obviously. In this, this <laughs> Yeah, no, I know you don't mean literally. <laughs> Ooh, and this is when he's... Yes. More trains. Nice corduroy jacket there. Yeah. Some people have accused this as, like, Ripley wasn't really that gay in the novels. Actually, I'm reading about it. And that they made him more gay here. Interesting. It's, yeah, that's definitely interesting, but, I mean, that's, you know, it's an, adapting a screenplay, one thing, you know. Exactly. One thing about adapting a screenplay, you know, it, they're never going to be 100% like the book, and that's fine. And definitely, I don't think via this adaptation, it's not like the as the writer director, he was like, "Oh, you know, to really to make sure we get what why Tom is doing, what he's doing is, we need to you know show that he's gay." <laughs> like, yeah, to no, no, understand no. his motives better. It's just, I don't know, a deepening of that character, and just, I mean. There are, there, you know, there are some hints earlier in the film, but then, yeah, once that uh, 
you know, even before meeting Dickie, but yeah, once meeting Dickie and, uh, and then the bathtub scene and then that, that murder scene, the dialogue before. So I'm reading the IMDb trivia and it says that Tommy Wiseau was so emotionally moved by this film that he decided to make a film that was more compelling. That film was called The Room. <laughs> wow. Greatest, the greatest <laughs> gift this film could have given us. <laughs> Tom Cruise, uh, talk about Cruise Club Connection, was who they originally had in mind for the role. Interesting. I, I see parts of it, but he's just too high energy for me. For like, for... DiCaprio was considered? That makes sense to me. Yeah, that makes more sense, but post-Titanic... It's a good, it's a good, you know, I mean, obviously it's an, it's an ensemble movie said enough times with the, the young talent in this movie, but yeah, just a, it's a good stepping stone, you know, furthering the acting career of Matt Damon. For sure. So something that we uh, apparently learn in the book that they don't say in the movie that Ripley actually hates the water. He's afraid of the water. Huh. Um, Interesting. Let's see if we can catch it, because viewers of the movie have said that, like, you can kind of tell in the movie if you're looking for it. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously just learn that information you're telling me, but, like, I mean, just being on that little boat, I would feel like that would be the most fearful part, and there was, like, no, I don't know. You could rewatch that scene and, uh... But, like, they say, because when they go swimming, he just can't go swimming with them, you know, um... Apparently his behavior on the beach indicates that. So he's the, he's the Brody. <laughs> Apologies if you can hear, but they're playing some very loud music in the park. <laughs> I can't <laughs> hear it on my end, for me. so hopefully. So that's okay. good. Can you name the film... That Matt Damon, Jude Law, and Gwyneth Paltrow would all co-star in. That's not this. Hmm. Uh, give me a hint of like... It's a film that recently has gotten a huge revival in people watching. Ah. Um... Hmm. Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Jude Law. I mean, Jude Law, I'm trying to th- I mean, it had to have been, like, closer in time to this movie than... No, it's actually... Really? Uh... A little later? Like... Yeah, significantly later. Oh, huh. Uh, boy, what have they all... What like, bigger... I know it's not We Bought a Zoo, so... <laughs> Uh, go ahead. You can't hear the, you can't hear that music. By the way, I hear music from the movie, but I don't hear music. Okay, hopefully, if you guys hear it, I apologize. Go ahead, tell me what movie. Contagion. Oh yeah, it's one of those only seen it once. Definitely got did, very popular. Definitely didn't want to watch like... it during the pandemic. Considering this is the IMDb uh, plot summary, healthcare professionals, government officials, and everyday people find themselves in the midst of a pandemic as the CDC works to find a cure. 
Hmm. <laughs> the China syndrome of our day. <laughs> Christian Bale also considered for Tom Ripley. Ooh, that would have been would been good. Boy, between this and then American Psycho, X amount of years later, he would have been known as the, like the real creeper. <laughs> so some of, let's see, Ed Norton too. So pretty much a who's who. Yeah, I mean exactly. Just what I mean. What a great like that. You know, whatever you want to call it, age group generation of actors. Oh yeah. Someone should write a book on them. Oh, here's Kate Blanchett. Yeah, but she... Apparently when they landed her, uh, they expanded her role in the film. Well, that makes sense. The Spanish Steps. Wait, did he go to the American Express store yet? Um, That's a big moment in the film. No, I don't think that happened. That was just, that I was, just know because, like... the montage, so... The first time I went to Europe with my family, American Express locations were still a thing in cities. Now they're not a thing anymore because we just don't need that. But before, when you traveled, kids, if you're listening, <laughs> the big thing you would do would be you would contact American Express or your local bank and put your money into traveler's checks to keep it safe. And when you got to that city, you went to, for example, an American Express location. And the, the big American Express location was right here or before by the Spanish steps in Rome. And you would turn in your traveler's checks and they'd give you the currency of the day, uh, whatever it was. That way you'd get a fair exchange rate and a traveler's check's only in your name. So if you were mugged on the way there, you wouldn't lose your money. Wow. I never, I knew, I like, I, you know, always heard traveler's checks, but didn't know exactly what it meant and never had to use them myself. So. Yeah. Because by the time you were traveling, you know, debit cards and credit cards and ATM machines became a thing. So it wasn't really necessary, but at the time when that wasn't a thing, or just even um, exchanging money in the airport and stuff like that, it was always pretty. I mean, that was still a thing then, but you get robbed with the exchange. There it is, the famous yeah. American Express. Uh, you still get robbed with the exchange rate. I believe it's an even and fair exchange rate when you do it like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Italian money, so darling. Do you know what it's called? Uh, Fabrizio's? Yeah. <laughs> Lira. Yes, Lira. Okay, can you name the film that Matt Damon, Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Clay... Kay- Sorry. It's not technically true. I guess they're all not in the same film, but someone pointed out here that they're all in the MCU. Oh, okay. But I forgot that they're not all in the same film. Because Matt Damon is in Ragnarok, and that's he's the one who's missing. As he just plays the actor Loki, I think, right? Yes, correct. <laughs> and Jude Law's in Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Wait, what's? Okay, Blanchett Who is the you? bad guy in yeah the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damon and her are technically in the same movie. I don't think they share a scene. No, no. Unless she, like, attacks right then or something, you know. They definitely don't share a frame. I'm 
like mesmerized by Kate Blanchett in this movie. It's totally understandable how then um I guess technically if if feel if at the time it felt like many years later but in perspective not too many years later she plays Kate Blanchett I mean Kate I'm sorry Kate uh 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 what am I trying to say Catherine Hepburn in The Aviator. Oh yeah yeah for sure. Yeah. Have you ever been to the opera? Yes. Oh, okay. What opera? Do you remember what opera you saw? I do not remember the name of the opera. Do you know what language it was? was I believe it was in Italian. It was at the Met. Cool. Never been. Not the Mets. You know, I would love to definitely see like a more famous one that I would at least recognize some of the songs. Uh, We went, me and, and... my wife now, but she was not my wife at the time, took um, my mother because she's always she always wanted to go. We saw a matinee. Mm. Nicole wasn't a big fan. My mother loved it. The opera's very over dramatic, as you can tell. You know, like opera style acting is like over the top. Yeah, which at uh, that like level, I'm, I'm, I think I would definitely be into. I, it would be obviously, I'm sure, even better if you could enjoy the language but that's why that and that's why i say uh at least songs that i think have transcended into you know they maybe i've heard like the three tenors sing or something like that like what a cool effect to do in an opera stage at the time like what's the oh god like isn't it like palagachi or what's the uh oh yeah that i forgot the one that's in untouchables Visti la Gieba, I think is the. It's like this. I know there's Car- Carmen. It's probably the most famous opera. Yeah, and then what's the? This this lady plays the mom in How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. She's Matt Damon, and not Matt Damon. She's a Matthew McConaughey's mom in that film. Ooh, she's also Seth Rogen's mom in Observe and Report, a ridiculous movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Pena is like into her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think I saw, like, an opera interpretation of West Side Story. Oh, that's interesting. I might have seen two operas in my day. I'm going to try to check my email to see if, like, I did it on this email. Metropolitan Opera. Oh, here's, uh, Norrington. Commodore Norrington. Unfortunately, we learned that the Metropolitan Opera is going to be closed for one more season. That stinks. The seasons meaning. Um, I think it's going to open in twenty twenty two. Oh wow! Okay, they're committing like or late or late twenty twenty one. The seasons I think extend. Like I think the season starts around now and goes through. You know, next obviously next year. So if anything, I think that pro- like the earliest it means is like fall. Gotcha. Uh, twenty twenty one. Oh, worlds are colliding, Tom. That's why you can't. High society is a small exactly. place. Exactly. Yeah, in Europe and everything like that. Yeah. 
The problem is he has a little bit of notoriety now. He doesn't have money now. Yeah. He's still scamming for money a little bit, you know. And he, he certainly can't scam enough money to be well off the rest of his life. No, no. At least not yet. That was a good commentary for for a podcast. Mm. (laughs) No, don't leave. I guess you could be perceived as like a little bit romantic. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, the mom was just saying, and you kids, and now, now you're adults now, and getting tattoos. I believe that's the uh, Pont Saint Saint Angelo. I think Saint Angelo Bridge. It's right by the Vatican. Yeah. Oh, okay. yes it is I was correct Sant'Angelo I could go for a good Italian pizza Roma You, what are they like in Italy? Uh, sorry, what are they like in Rome specifically? That uh, it's like a um, a porchetta. Oh uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> now I'm hungry. <laughs> You're the foodie films man. You should be like doing the cuisine, crafting the menu for every episode. We I'm do. not. I'm not a. Uh... Okay. Well, okay. Well, I mean, I've only been in Rome for two days, five years ago. So, yeah, but you could you could do your research. Be like, you know, I Brian, I prepared. I sent it to your house. I prepared. I've <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I roasted it for eight hours. I remember I had a great porchetta sandwich in Rome for lunch, just like a little place. Yeah, Rome was a little. Um, I mean, it was a little overwhelming, and at that point, like I said, I wasn't feeling great i remember like i made it a point to go out for one good meal but i you know i I wasn't nearly as much of the foodie that i am now and uh and just didn't have anything i know i went to a good restaurant but i honestly i can't recall what i what i had like i know it wasn't a tourist trap or anything like that but even the tourist traps which aren't great are good yeah exactly i mean that's what i was like saying about uh Going up to Maine and just, uh, you know, people and where to get lobster. It's like more like what style lobster do you want or what are you like versus like you're going to get good lobster no matter where you go in Maine, I feel like. I remember I went to this restaurant in Rome called Inoteca Ferrara. And of course oh, that's did. the one I think I went to. Maybe I recommend Yeah, no, no, you knows. definitely did. Yeah. 
And I remember it being very good. I don't know. It might be a tourist trap. Who the hell knows, right? No, I, I remember like, it being off the beaten path and having a hard time finding the sign. Yeah, it was. It's definitely not, you know, it's in downtown, you know, Rome. It's not like it's in, like, some village on yeah. the outside. But it's certainly not, like, in front of the Spanish steps or something. Um, but who knows? It's like, a Roman might be listening and be like, oh, my God, that's like the Applebee's of Rome. I don't care. It's delicious. <laughs> um... What was I gonna say? At the at the opera, didn't Tom say to Marge, and I'm forgetting his name already, but um, to meet me over by these steps, and she, and he was like, "Oh, I know her." Look at this emo guy. Oh, that's Norrington. Yeah, that's Norrington. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, sorry, she, you were saying... yeah, but she she wasn't familiar where the plaza was, but you know, he was like, "Oh, I know where it is," but. They're clearly by the Spanish Steps again, right? Because there was the American Store, mm-hmm. American Express in the background. So, a little confusing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little. I feel like they were probably given X amount of space and room to film. I thought that was uh, there's a guy at the restaurant. He looks like Anthony Hopkins as a uh, see in the back, kind of like Hannibal Lecter. Oh. <laughs> Oh, poor whatever. I forget her name. Kate Blanchett. Well, not Kate Blanchett, but. (laughs) (laughs) Why did he also. Like, and as she said, she wanted to say goodbye one last time. Why did he say, why did he Mrs. Doubtfire himself and do the same place? <laughs> good call, good call. Well, <laughs> when do we get Hoffman again? Is it just really not to like that ending? Um, not ending, but you know. What I yeah, mean. yeah. I guess oh. it's just not that this is a bad movie or anything, but we still have an hour left. Well, that it's soon because then that leads to in the investigation, and that leads to him leaving with uh, Norrington. How come in Hollywood, like, every Italian landlord is, like, a short, fat lady? Like, I feel like that's, like, an Italian landlord stereotype. <laughs> nice, beautiful place. I'd stay there. A little gaudy for me, but that's okay. <laughs> he's just, he's, uh, getting in, playing the role, I guess, of of Dicky. Oh, and this is his presence around for himself? Uh, it's a, ugh. Don't act like you have creepiest done this. thing in the movie for sure. Don't act like you have uh, done this. the murder weapon. Oh, didn't we look up? Isn't there like a or maybe we read in a trivia? 
but that head is of somebody, you know, a, like, there's a meaning behind using that head to kill Freddy. Let me try to find out. Or just he is very good at piano. That goes back to, like, what I said early on. Like, between his smarts and that, you, I, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like that's, like, the one little thing that I'm like, uh, you know. I understand classism and everything like that, but I feel like you would get lead an interesting life and make decent money with his natural talents. Oh, here we go. Piano players out there, prove Kyle right and say that you all make good money with your natural piano talents. Well, you also I have to you have to be have his other talents too, though. Murder. Freddie for sure gives. I mean, and this falls. I, I'm giving. I'm sorry, a little bit of stereotypes right now, but gives me a little bit more of the bisexual vibe than the, the one. The, than... the one I said who reminded me of you. <laughs> no, I mean I don't know. Oh, because of his slipper. No, oh, no, just, no. Yeah. It, I, and this is why. I, that's I why I said know. stereotypical. But a bit because he's waving his hand. I don't know. I think he's I'm just sorry. Like a, well, then maybe then maybe it's just because then it's, it's reminding me a little bit of his character in Flawless, a little bit. Okay, okay, that's like fair. the cadence I'll of his dialogue. So it's just reminding me of his drag queen, you know, his uh, fair character. So that that's more what it is. I feel like we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but do you know what the definition of gallivanting is? Um, the no, the strict definition, no. To wander about. Oh, okay. That's or to go about frivolous, frivolously and publicly, 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 well, <laughs> publicly with multiple romantic partners. Oh, it's specifically involving uh, romantic partners. Okay. It could be. It could be. Or just just traveling around. Oh, here we go. I just want. I want to hear this. I want to hear the taunting. No, I don't. I don't really care for Hoffman acted scenes. <laughs> I know I love this though, like the way he's playing, like they're just not playing piano, just hitting the keys essentially. <laughs> he's so good. Two very talented actors right here. <laughs> 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 that needs to yeah, be yeah but you know that what needs... flawless too at the piano yeah, you know? I'm making I'm turning that into a gif I need to find that and turn that into a gif that's such a great one to have <laughs> he's such an asshole but he's not wrong <laughs> like if someone said they were living at your place and I came there and that you weren't there and I saw how it was decorated, and if it was not something that I thought was your style, I'd say something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you dress like Hoffman, too, when you're in Europe. A little bit, yeah. I've seen you with the paperboy hat. Yeah, exactly. There. That's my that's my yeah. 
Looked like that in Ireland. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Oh, he just is reading, like, you know. Marge has her suspicions, but Freddy, he's just like. Because guys like Ripley think they're the smartest person in the room, and often they're not. Yeah, but it also sucks because, I mean, Freddy is also someone I would not like in real life. No, definitely not. Oh, I forgot this specific moment. Yeah. Why would you look down right now to stay in the apartment? (laughs) (laughs) It is a little unbelievable to have that kind of big conversation, but hey, whatever. Oh, that noise. Oof. Oof. Oh. We really have to do more calculations. We don't do a good job on this show of doing like how many times Hoffman dies. No, you we know? did. We did. I mean, that's one I'd like to know. Yeah, we did that. We've talked about it in the while a while ago. informally. Informally, you know, for our mid months, if we really wanted to put more effort into things, if we want, you know, because we did do a mid month last time. Yeah, you can check that out at cageclub.me. Uh, we could do stuff like that, just spitballing, like, let's rank the Hoffman deaths or something, you know, or, you know, best Hoffman sex scene. I know you want to do that. <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, this is what, and then if, if it wasn't. If it wasn't killing Dickie, like, this is the moment, like, the fact of, like, killing Dickie, I mean, I'm, I'm, he definitely doesn't like Freddy, you know, from the moment of even hearing that a friend was coming to visit, you know, he did not like Freddy, and so I say, like, yes, he did want to kill him, I, you know, obviously, if he left, I'm curious what Tom would have done if, you know, if, uh, if Freddie didn't have that conversation with the landlord, but the fact that when he kills him and then he mocks him with like doing an impression, like he is he yeah. is full whatever you want to call his Mister Hyde version of yeah Ripley at that point. Absolutely. And I love that the. Uh, <laughs> Like, the Italian police and, like, Marge are, like, really just, like, end up being so suspicious. But then, um, um, Philip Baker Hall comes in as just such a misogynist and just typical man of the time. And, uh, is just like, oh, she's just, you know, crying over her lover and just believes everything that Tom has laid down. Like, falls 100% (laughs) in the trap. It's like at the end of, um... When everything works out for Nick Cage and Bad Lieutenant. <laughs> All right, let's do this. We've done it before. Let's do it again. 
I'm going to read through these movies, and you're going to tell me if Philip Seymour Hoffman dies, and we'll count them. Hunger Games, Hunger Games. No, no, correct? No, no. A Most Wanted Man? No, he survives in that, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, God's Pocket? Survives. Another Hunger Games? No. I'm not counting Back Beyond, it doesn't matter. <laughs> A Late Quartet? He doesn't die. No, it doesn't die. The Master? Doesn't die. Moneyball? Art How Dies. <laughs> <laughs> Ides of March? No. Jacko's Boating? No. The Invention of Lying? I don't think so. Um, unless there's something in the movie where they... I don't remember that movie that much. Uh, Pirate Radio? No. Marion Max? Yes. Yes, okay, that's one. His Final Death? Wow. Doubt? No. Schenectady? Yes. yes right? Schenectady, you know. Schenectady, Sine- so New York. Yes. Charlie Wilson's War? No. No. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, well, he's okay. getting... He's getting ambulanced away. Let's just say yeah. I feel like yeah. Okay. The Savages? No. no. MI3? Yes. Capote? No. no. Empire Falls. We'll just count movies. I don't think he dies. I don't remember. He's like a... Whatever. We'll just count movies. Mm-hmm. Strangers with Candy? No. Along Game Polly? No. Cold Mountain? Yes. Yeah. Owning Mahoney? No. 25th Hour? No. Red Dragon? Yep. Yes. So right now we have six. Punch Drunk Love? No. No, right? No. <laughs> Lo- Love Liza? No. Almost Famous? No. Stay in Maine? No. Ripley? Yes. So that's seven. Mm-hmm. Magnolia? No. Flawless? No. Patch Adams? No. Happiness? No. Lebowski? No. Next Stop Wonderland? No. Montana? Yes. I don't remember. Yeah. He does? Okay. Eight. He uh, dies a lot in his earlier roles. So we're at eight. Yeah. Twister? No. Hard Eight? No. Oh, I forgot Boogie Nights? No. Nobody's Fool? No. When a Man Loves a Woman? No. <laughs> the Getaway? Yeah. He might he die. Yeah, yeah, okay. Nine. My Boyfriend's Back? Yeah. Ten. Ten. Joey Breaker? No. Son of a Woman? No. Leap of Faith? No. Schuler? No. I don't think so. No. no. So, so ten deaths. One, two, three, oh, I thought there was ten. Did I miss no, ten. You're right. Ten. Ten, ten out of fifty-four. That's that's not. Or I was fifty-four. So, no. I forget how many feature films. I remember it was like fifty-four so, regular episodes we did, or something like that. Can't wait for a rewatch on Joey Breaker. <laughs> Get your Joey Breaker VHSs. That will yes, very much have to be in person. I could get one and get a VCR. It's true. He got the fame he wanted. Mr. Greenlee.
So what is Ripley's talent in your mind? Um, being that, like... Voices? <laughs> just his uh, chameleon. He's a chameleon. Certainly a narcissist. I don't think it's a talent, but... (coughs) Thank you. Bless you. you. Yes, sorry. Do you want me to read the goofs on IMDb? <laughs> That's okay. Let's see. No, I love reading the goofs. They're so stupid. Like people are like, "All right, it's, like, there's so many that are like not a goof." Like they say Ripley's talented, but he clearly doesn't know how to open a door in this scene. <laughs> When Tom talks to Marge after he returned from home from San Remo, and San Remo, by the way, is in the Italian Riviera. That's not on the Amalfi Coast. The cover of Miles Davis LP is visible in the background. And the cover sleeve the cover sleeve is Tutu, which was released in nineteen eighty six. However, the movie is set in nineteen fifty eight. Bastards. Isn't the novel from fifty five though? So weird. Tom sets his modern blue-covered U.S. passport on a desk. In the 50s, and American passports so American passports were green. Ooh, interesting. Like, they're like, oh, there's a building in the background that was built in 1984. <laughs> The microphone at the jazz club apparently is not not of that era. Apologies. (laughs) There's actually not a lot of goofs for this movie. What was that? There's not a lot of uh, goofs for this movie. That's that's good. Like, look how, like, the minutiae of some of them. The ship Tom takes to England is the Queen Mary, shown passing the Manhattan skyline, but the lifeboats are covered in blue canvas tops. This was not installed until the ship became a hotel oh, God. in Long, Long Beach, California. Like, shut up. <laughs> so good, uh, a good Italian detective. He is, he is. They mentioned your goof, you said, with the Spanish steps, actually. Ah, and that and that that is more of a goof to me in the sense of like because they truly they made it like a verbal you know yeah this is a John Harden uh, the chess master of the Cage Club Podcast Network or at least our chess uh, our chess uh, consultant our chef our He'll... chef proxy chess proxy. <laughs> Chess proxy, yes. <laughs> when Ripley and Dickie are playing chess, Dickie moves a pawn. A bit later, we see a close-up on the chessboard, where Dickie makes the same move again. In addition to Dickie making the same move twice, other pieces change position in different takes. 
poor Marge in this movie, right? She's just like, oh yeah. Know, I mean, what? Like, it's not even. I mean, how much she's being tortured right now? But even so, I, I thought. I mean, may, maybe, but I, 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 so far with this rewatch. And I think obviously it would have happened already when Dickie was alive, but I don't think she gave any kind of inkling that she knew that he was uh, gallivanting, right? Yeah, yeah. You no. know, she got a little upset on the boat when Dickie went, you know, was said to Freddie, like, oh, I have to go. You, you mean gallivanting in, like, the, the second definition? In the second definition, yes. As a Ph- philandering. Yes. So, um,. Yeah, so it's just yeah. Even even if he was alive, obviously not the best partner to end with. So these are like the examples of like dumb goofs that I don't care about. When the main characters go to the opera in Rome, the theater they are in is the San Carlo, which is located in Naples. <laughs> yeah, it's like guys, you realize you know you just take what you can get with locations. I'm sure they don't look that different either. But like there's there'd be no with the dialogue again with the as far as the the step things it's like wouldn't you just say like oh meet me by and just say that place like it didn't have to be like she didn't know where it was and he knew yeah. where it was. When Tom and Dickie are in the boat in the sea in San Remo, the Isle of Capri is seen in the distance. Uh and that's not near there. Mm-hmm. This is dumb. After Marge climbs onto the boat, supposedly after swimming, she doesn't look wet and leaves no wet footprints on the deck. (laughs) Took me out of the movie when that happened. (coughs) Apparently, uh, Ripley's glasses don't have lenses, and you can kind of see them in a couple scenes. Oh, really? That's weird. That'd be weird, because why don't they just put non-prescription ones? Yeah. Ooh, that's what he's splitting. Look at that shot. Ooh. Ooh. I get it. Now he's put the glasses. Now he's back to being Tom. He's leaving Dickie behind. <laughs> that's my dog, everyone. He's upset. <laughs> At the way Ripley's, uh, you know, performing right now. He's over it. Cool shot. Turning off the lights and the blue light just flashing. Did you know this? That typewriters... Of the era did not have the number one. Oh. But. To to do one, you were supposed to use the lowercase l, which is the same, you know? Yeah. However, they say in this film, the mistake is that when he types out the letter, he uses i, uppercase i. Hmm. Sorry to type out the number. Venice is a city I'd love to go to. A lot of people like... Say they did not enjoy it, but you know you gotta go to Venice. It's yeah, a comic city. exactly. That would be 
I, you know, like if let's say Rome is New York, Venice is uh, like not going to maybe like San Francisco or yeah, Chicago. I, mean, I don't know. It's it's one of the cities we know, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say what? Okay, I mean, so we definitely Rome, he, Venice, Florence, right? Those are. I mean, Milan's like the big. Yeah, city I was Italy, about like Milan, truly. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. I mean, it's an enjoyable movie, but we don't have Hoffman anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's see. We have 40 minutes left. Wow. <laughs> A long movie, that's for sure. Oh, he's so lucky. It's someone different oh, from Rome. <laughs> oh. Cantare. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of this movie, honestly. I mean, it's just this, um, him investigating Marge's suspicions, Phil Baker Hall coming, and then it's about Tom leaving with, again, uh, Commandant Norrington. Have you ever been uh, investigated by the police? In Europe, no. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't love a good Italian Mamma Mia? So you haven't really gotten in trouble in Europe, is that correct? I'm sorry? You haven't really gotten in trouble in Europe? No. No, I don't. uh, I got into a fight in Europe, you know of that one. No, I don't, because if the police come, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> In Greece, I fought a lot of Italians. Good to know. Like, indiscriminately? Like, you just, like, if you saw an Italian... Yeah, oh, yeah, fighting. exactly. Like, what happened to Rick Moranis? That's what I did. <laughs> You're a big Rick Moranis guy. What are your thoughts on him supposedly being attacked? <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> Oh, well, he, well, clearly he deserved it, so I don't think it's a question of supposedly. It did happen, but he got what he deserved, so. No, Rick Moranis is a global treasure that has been out of the spotlight for way too long, but I respect him not wanting to be so, and then it's just a shame that he kind of, uh, you know, we we saw him in, what, a commercial for... Yeah, it's Ryan Reynolds' fault. Yeah, it is. It is. At least it's another. It's another Canadian's fault. So <laughs> it's not one more uh, 
negative check for Americans. I guess it happened in America, so there we go. You have to cover uh, that Rick Moranis. With, I've never oh, seen it, but like uh, it's, a, it's like a beer movie, yeah, right? Um, or... uh, brew, what is it? Uh, some, is it Cold Brew? No. Strange, Strange Brew, brew thank you. Yeah, yes. Yeah. No, that is, yeah. Him and uh, Dave Thomas. Founder of Wendy's. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's one of my favorite moments in Friends. <laughs> Uh, there's a girl like checking out Chandler, one of the rare times, and he goes up to her at like the cafe, and he's like, "Hi, Dave Thomas, founder of Wendy's. I, I saw you looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines." It is a, it's a, it is a tragic movie as much of a um as many horrible things as Tom does you you do still have some empathy for him and it's just like oh you just made some pretty bad decisions along the way really bad decisions it's, it's yeah. just it's all i mean it's all um well i guess you could obviously say everything in life is circumstantial but um it's just it's just such a flip of a a coin, but you know, but but he does make those decisions, so uh they obviously i mean he has some dark tendencies this is just going back to Hoffman a little bit. this is just such a great Hoffman role it's not big, but it's so iconic, it's so just like. I don't know. Awesome, you know. Yeah, out of like I, I miss him being on screen. Yeah, out of the uh, the five main young actors, he is, I guess, the littlest. Right then, him, then uh, Kate Blanchett, and then um, I mean, obviously, we got a lot of Dicky, but Marge is throughout. I, I, I guess then Marge, then Dicky, then Tom. Obviously, the most. Yeah, like Dicky just has so much in that first hour. Uh, but Marge obviously gets a lot of moments of shine as well. Uh, this is reminding me of a uh, movie I covered recently on Foodie Films. Since uh, you mentioned High School Slumber Party, I'll go and throw Foodie Films in there. I recently had in someone that you kind of introduced me to, who's guested on you on uh, High School Slumber Party, uh, Galen Howard, and he guested and we talked a movie and that was the cook the thief his wife and her lover and it's a very minimalist like location movie and the the big location is the restaurant and there's this dish boy that's always singing uh (laughs) like that uh and is singing in uh either latin or italian Singing a, a a psalm, a religious psalm. What's your favorite psalm? What's my favorite song? 
Psalm. Oh, Psalm. Psalm. I couldn't tell you. Don't know a single <laughs> name of one. <laughs> there is another friend. Friends joke that has to do with Psalms, believe it or not. Really? <laughs> Wait, I gotta look it up because I want to get it right. Wait, this whole place Tom's renting? That's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. It's like, it's not like, like you're trying to. At this point, he's playing Tom. I get when he's playing Dickie. Um, that you know why he's renting certain apartments, and he you know, but his flaw was making it his own, and Freddie, you know, smelled it from a mile away and saw it. But like, if you're Tom, rent a room. Be be humble. Number one, save money for yourself. Lay low. Yeah, exactly. Lay low. So sorry, it's not a psalm joke in Friends. It's a hymn joke. Oh, not a her joke? It's, <laughs> someone's like, someone goes, him? And he's like, no, him 253. His eyes are on the sparrow. And it's one of the most obscure wow. Friends jokes yeah. ever. Because that's, that's like that's a, a hymn, ch- That's you know? a Chandler moment? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Towards <laughs> who? I don't know. Someone's just being like, he's like in like a high-strung, uptight moment. Um, oh, like a moment he's being very sarcastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's being like incredibly sarcastic. <laughs> I think it's like in his like smoking one of his smoking episodes. <laughs> amateurs. I'm gonna say amateurs that way from now on. Amateurs. Yeah, the joke is he's talking to Phoebe and he's like, That's great with with my luck, that's him. And Phoebe's like, Him? Ross? And Chandler says, No, him two fifty three. His eyes are on the sparrow. <laughs> well, I guess it's better that's than scary. saying it to the Gellers, because I mean why would they get that as as uh, be, being Jewish? Yeah, but it's not like Phoebe's <laughs> super religious. She's spiritual though. So while we're watching the movie, I thought I would do something equally as fun. Or let's play a game, Kyle. Sporkle, the quiz website, has a Philip Seymour Hoffman quiz. Oh, boy. The 10 minutes to name all the movies by character. You can go in any order, so you say pass if you don't know the movie. Um, it, it, it goes in order, by the way. Clutch. Goes, go, goes in chronological, chronological order. order. Clutch? Um, oh, that's like so many early roles that could be for... All right, why don't we why don't we go in a uh, reverse more chronological? Yeah. Plutarch Heavensby. Oh, that's uh Hunger Games. The Hunger Games. I wonder if you have to put the separate ones. Catching Let's see. I'm just going to write the Hunger Games. No. Catching Fire. Okay. What are the other two Hunger Games names? The Hunger Games. Mocking Jay Part 1 Part 2. Mocking Jay Part 1. Mocking Jay Part 2. Okay. Got him in. All right. Gunther Bachman. A most wanted man. A most wanted man. Okay. Mickey Scarpatio. Scarpato. Oh, wait. Is this... This is all of them? Yep, we're going... Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be just like... Okay, so... Uh, yeah. Nope, this is all of them. Oh, then I know the first one already. Okay, sorry. I, th- I thought it was just like... 
going to be ten que- I mean, ten characters. I could say random ones if you want. No, no, no. But um, so so anyway, I'm sorry. So you said that. So it's that's God's pocket. God's pocket. Robert, 2012. <laughs> that's such a look. I don't even remember honestly. Robert, 2000, 2012. Just say pass because we're eight minutes. We're eight minutes. So. Oh, oh, shit. Okay, sorry. Uh, no, I'm going to... Uh, last Late Quartet, right? A Late Quartet. Correct. Lancaster Dodd. Uh, the Master. Correct. Art Howe. Uh, uh, Moneyball. Correct. Paul Zara. Paul Zara. Um, oh, God. Eyes uh, March. Yes. Jack. Jack goes boating. <laughs> Bartender. Uh, oh, the uh, the the invention of lying. Correct. The count. Two thousand. Oh, the duh. boat that rocked. The pirate. <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> Correct. Max Jerry Horowitz. <laughs> Thank you. I wouldn't have gotten it otherwise. Mary and Max. Father Brendan Flynn. I doubt I'll get this one. <laughs> doubt yes. Caden Catard. Synecdoche, New York. Spell that. Oh, uh, S S Y No, N E C D O. Oh, God. Oof, oof. C H E. Oof. No, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That worked. Okay, good. I just didn't put the New York right. Yes, okay. Gus Avocados. Charlie Wilson's War. Charlie. It's a typing, too. We have six minutes left. Charlie Wilson's War. Andy Hansen, 2007. Oh, Andy God. Andy Hansen. Han- Pass if you don't know, because we got to get more. No, that's... Um, we just said, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Okay. We're getting into that ter- the territory that, like, you know pretty familiar with obviously John Savage John Savage <laughs> Savage <laughs> Owen Davian Mission Impossible 3 title character 2005 <laughs> Capote oh that I was like what Henry 2005 Naked Matt Damon Henry 2005 2005 uh I don't remember. Let's pass. pass. Uh, okay. Sandy Lyle. Along came Polly. Reverend Vesey. Cole Ben. Yep. Dan Mahoney. <laughs> Owning Mahoney. Uh, oh, I spelled it wrong, of course. That's right there. Uh, Jacob Alinsky, 2002. Mm. We have five minutes left, so you might have to pass. Jacob. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Jacob Linsky. What, what year? 2002. Uh, 25th hour. Correct. Freddie Lowndes. Red Dragon. Because not Freddie Miles. Freddie yep. Lowndes. Yes. Dean Trumbull. <laughs> of course. The, the mattress man himself. Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. Wilson Joel. Love Liza. Yes. 
Lester Bangs. Oh, I'm kidding. Almost famous. <laughs> we got this time. <laughs> Joseph Turner White, 2000. Uh, State of Maine. Nice. Freddie Miles. Ooh, talented instrument. Phil Parmer. One of the best names, Magnolia. Oh, yeah. Magnolia. Rusty. Flawless. Yes. Mitch, 1998. Mitch. This is where it gets kind of hard. Mitch. Say yeah. passive. Say passive. No, yes. no, no. Mitch, Mitch. We were, um, uh, Mitch. <laughs> Four minutes left. Mitch, 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 Mitch. Uh, pa- uh, Patch Adams. Patch Adams. Patch Adams. What's his last name, though? Yes, because he's a doctor. They must say. Yes, you're right. Allen, 1998 as well. Allen. Uh, pass for now. Brant. Uh, Big Lebowski. Sean. Same year, 1998. Pass for now. Duncan, 1998. Montana, because I, I remember that as the, as the <laughs> bad guy. It's Duncan. Scott, Scotty J. Oh, of course, Boogie Nights. Uh, 3.30. Davis, 1996. Davis? Yes. <laughs> 96. Oh, Twister. That has to be Twister. Oh, come on. No one calls on that. You're right, though. It's Dusty No, but 96. Davis. That's like, that's Twister. I know that. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I right, know. you're right. But no one no one calls yeah, on that. Dusty. All right. Young young craps player. Young craps player? Oh, Hardy. Come on, yeah. <laughs> Officer Raymer. Nobody's fool. Yep. Gary, nineteen ninety four. No idea. Frank Hansen, nineteen ninety four. The getaway. Yep. Cochran, nineteen ninety three. He was <laughs> in a Johnny Cochran movie. No, Cochran. Cochran. He works at the docks. Oh, money That's for nothing. Clue. Thank you. Yes. Chuck <laughs> Chuck Bronsky, nineteen ninety three. Ninety three. Uh, pass for now. Quickly, I guess. Wiley McCall. That's Joey Breaker. No. Right? Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry, because I was thinking of someone else. George Willis Jr. Sons of a Woman. Yes. Matt, 1992. We were getting really early. That's either My New Gun or Leap of Faith. Um, oh, because I want to make this joke. I'll do, I'll do a Leap of Faith and say Leap of Faith. Leap of faith, yes. <laughs> Chris, 1992. Uh, I'll go with my new gun. Yes. Clutch, 1991. That's triple bogey. Triple bogey. How do you spell bogey? A par. B O G E Y, bogey, I think. It's not going. B O G. What do you B-O-G-E-Y, say? B O G E Y, right? E Y. Yes, okay. Alright, so now we have a couple to fill out. We have a minute and a half to do it. We have Henry from 2005. We have Alan from 1998. Wait, say, say the earliest ones. I'm going to work my way back up. Okay, the earliest yeah. ones? 1993, Chuck Bronson. So that's my boyfriend's back, because that's early. Yes. One we forgot was another romantic comedy. I think that's Gary, 94. A romantic give it to you, but... comedy? Takes place in Boston. He's not. He's plays an ex boyfriend in it. All right, pass that okay. one. Um, Nineteen ninety eight, Sean. Or I don't know which one that is, but I know it's a movie you missed. That I think that's a romantic uh, comedy. Next stop, Wonderland. 
Yes, yes, yes. I'm just saying I know that's one oh, we okay. missed. That was Sean, yes. So at, we have Alan, 1998. We have Henry, 2005. Alan, 98's got to be... Oh, and, Happiness, And then. Gary. Alan's 98. Oh, I know what we're missing. I know what we're missing. Andy Garcia. Oh, When a Man Loves a Woman. Okay. Now we're just missing one. Henry, 2005. Come on, 20 seconds, 20 seconds. I don't even know. Between Along Came Polly and Capote. Henry, 2005. Between what? Along Came Polly and Capote. Around the same time. 2005. Capote is 2005. What else did he do? 10. No, I don't know, honestly. Strangers with Candy! Strangers with... Candy. With Candy. Oh my god, I spelled it wrong! Oh, it was Strangers with Candy, but we'll count it. I spelled it wrong. I so just spelled it wrong! What? I just spelled Strangers with Candy. No, no, no. I typed it too fast that the, the letters reoriented. But good call. Good call. That was fun. Most people only get 19%. 19? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, having a podcast about Philips Humor often helps. Yeah, no way we would have been able to get my new gun organically. No, and I mean, the 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 making the really bad leap of faith joke helped me out there because that just helped with the numbers. If you said it again right now, I if you said those two names, I honestly don't know if I could guess them correctly. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> what name I associated with which. Philip Baker Hall, of course, isn't yeah. you know and the enter the movie. He always plays this character, right? Like who enters the movie late? Not always, but he's. I feel like he's done this before. Like, I'm going to ask some questions. Oh, I forget he gets money. Oh, yeah. You know, Greenleaf, Greenleaf Sr. ends up being, like, a nice guy. Like, he could easily have, like, Tom killed off. Yeah, honestly, you're right. Oh, and this is, we see Marge in the boat, right? She's just... Yeah. Or she is going on to the... Yeah. You got away with murder, son. You got away with murder. Yeah, why press it? <laughs> Disappear, buddy. But when you're a narcissist, that's what you do. Yeah, it's true. What year is this again? Sorry, I know I asked that. What year did this come out? 99. Gotcha. Uh, hysterical woman. Right. (laughs) 
silly, silly woman. That's just... <laughs> God. Why would you... But still, like, I understand for... Like, I'm sh- Dickie must have had a lot in his, you know, trust or whatever. Like, he, why are you giving all of that to Tom? I understand you want his, uh, his discretion, but... I don't know. It's a good question. I never thought I'd be on a boat. Sorry, Kyle, I need to order dinner, so I'm looking at my <laughs> app. Were you, were you in the mood for I'm in, Greek? I was just going to say I'm in, Italian. Actually, no, this has got me in something unrelated at all, but I am in the mood for a Cuban sandwich. Ooh. Dicky. You know what song I pictured happening in the background now because we have the volume very low? The song uh, where, like, Mark Mark Hamill's looking in the distance. No, no, no. On Tatooine, and Mark Hamill's looking in the distance, like that (laughs) version of the Star Wars song. Yeah. (laughs) When did um, 2002 was... um, Attack of the Clones. I'm just trying to think, like you know, Matt Matt Damon as a uh, as an Anakin Skywalker. You know, I guess he was like a little too old for what they were going for then. Not that they should have gone. Oh, oh, that I thought you were talking about the kid. I'm like, what are you talking no, about? Because they didn't introduce, <laughs> you know, um, what's his name? Uh, why am I totally blanking on his name? That actor. Hmm. Boy, what's his name? Can you remember what it is? Who are you asking? The uh, oh, Hayden Christensen. I didn't answer it myself. Oh, oh, that, okay, yeah. Sorry, he's gonna come back apparently. No, because I remember the. I remember as far as big names at the time that were rumored, it was Leonardo DiCaprio or uh, James Vanderbeek. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone was going for that role, probably, though. Or at least, or everyone was going for it, or everyone was being, like, requested. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Matt Damon grew into his looks. (laughs) You've been saying that a lot. Well, I want to be equal. I said it for Kate Blanchett, and I think... I mean, Kate Blanchett, I mean, she always looked great. She just... Just has a bit more of like a, I don't know, mature look to her at an earlier, you know, at a younger age. And then she just hasn't changed. She still looks the same. So that's fantastic. When we were growing up, I remember in high school, you you hated her for no reason. You're like, oh, I'm not a fan. Because remember we were talking about Lord of the Rings. You're like, I'm not a fan of that Kate Blanchett. I, well, yeah, I remember thinking that I, I thought that she was like a bit of a, like, um, hmm. over <laughs> over actor. Like she was just and you, high school Kyle was a good judge of that. At the, as far as my taste of, I guess acting, that's what I wasn't. I didn't enjoy it. 
I just also like yeah, her and Lord of the Rings. I'm still not like I, I just Lord of the Rings in general. I'm not a big fan of like most of the. Uh, You're not a big fan of Lord of the Rings. You were at the time. I would say big fan. We would talk. We would have many a discussion on Lord of the Rings. I still love the Two Towers. I think the Two Towers is really great. Game of Thrones kind of ruined. Lord of the Rings for me for a while, but then Game of Thrones ruined Game of Thrones for me. <laughs> Game so, of Thrones, like yeah, that. exactly. Well, but early Game of Thrones is like what I wish like Lord of the Rings was like closer to. I don't know, just the movies like fair. They are just they're just way too long. And like, I'm not a conjurer of cheap tricks. <laughs> and like, I guess like the the the, the yeah the Hobbit aspect is like the one I'm like least interested in. Come on, Sam. Ask Rosie for a dance. <laughs> you love like that Hobbit song, like <laughs> that Jack Black, like at one of the VMAs, like that sketch where he uh, puts the ring on his penis. What have you seen that no, on his? You never seen this sketch? Oh my! You don't see that, but you have never seen this sketch. It's one of my favorite. Oh, I think sketches it's right around the time of like Shallow Hal and stuff like that. Probably, but he does it with Sarah Michelle Geller. Jack Black, Lord of. It's so funny. Because, like, that was when the VMAs used to do, like, uh, parodies. Oops, oops, oops. Sorry, I started playing it. <laughs> I'll send it to you in Discord and we can watch it after. Okay. It's almost there. Yeah, the movie's almost over. But look at our Discord chat, and you can see like the image of him as an elf. Okay. Oh yeah, okay. As an elf, I thought you were saying he was a hobbit, or is he play a bunch? It's of like characters? It, it's the no, no, no. He's an elf, but the, him and Sarah Michelle Geller are two people at like the Council of Rivendell. Gotcha. And they're discussing what to do with the ring. <laughs> now I really want to see this. You said that was for the VMAs? Yes. I remember uh, one give me... with like Ben Stiller and he's like right around the time of Batman Begins and he's like redoing the roof and it's when the tumbler, the Batmobile like goes on the roof and breaks it and he's like... Not... Ben Stiller used to always do like one a year. For me, his most famous one was Mission Impossible oh, 2. Oh, yeah. T- and he's laughing at the end. Double. Yeah. <laughs> so good. That's on, that's on the Mission Impossible 2 DVD. Yeah, you're right, it is. So, Kyle, give me a second. I need to uh, refill my beer. I know it's late in the movie to do that, but I need to do that. And also (laughs) plug in my controller because it's it's, uh, lost its battery. So give me two seconds. And he goes back to the room by himself. Oh, we don't see it, right? We just hear it. That's the big thing.
uh, he split half in the light, half in the dark. Uh, yeah, even though he's what, so now he's this is his third murder. I still feel like a little bad for him, but wonder wonder where he goes after this. I forget where in the book series this is. The door shuts. All right. As Brian walked away at the end of the movie. Should I just end it, guys? Just end the episode. Don't let... (laughs) Stay on Cool Haw fans. No, I'm kidding. Tom Ripley, Matt Damon. Just look at Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow, Jude Law, Kate Blanchett, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jack Davenport. Okay, that's his name. Great. Great soundtrack. Ooh, the San Remo Jazz Sextet. Wait, 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 wait. What happened? What happened? I missed the end. Yeah, I told you. You're leaving right at the ending. <laughs> well, what happened? Tell me Tell me what happened T- in this entire film. Tom's in the bed with uh, Commandant Norrington, and then we see... Tom back in his own bedroom and the audio keeps going and the the commandant is saying all the things he's like learned about Tom so far. And then he says, Tom is crushing me. He's like, Tom, you're crushing me, Tom. And he starts gagging and Tom is just saying, Oh God. And uh, yeah. And the door swings shut and the goes to black and credits, credits roll. So I'm just, I don't know where this is in the book series, which one this is, but I'm just like, yeah, we're, I think this is the first one. Really? Oh, this is the first one. Oh, so afterwards, like, is he like always on the lamb or something? Like, or like, do you, I don't know. I wonder if, uh, yeah, I don't know. So wow, so that's our episode on the talented Mister Ripley. Thank you for listening. Uh, Ooh, look at the gaffer's old, name, uh, Mo Flom. Mo Flom, I like that name. We called an audible, but hopefully, uh, it meets your standards. This is another great film. So. And a great Hoffman performance. So, um, no spoilers, but spoilers. We're going to cover happiness next, pending that neither Kyle and us are are sick or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. But, Kyle, should we do a mid-month next again? Yeah, I, I think that? so. We you could, like going back to the mid-month? We could, yeah, exactly. Spread this out a little bit more. We'll do, uh, as you give homework out on your show, we'll give ourselves some homework and make sure all the other movies that we're going to cover in the rewatches are you know where they're accessible and that kind of stuff so we don't um have to order a tape again or anything like that and like you said hopefully yeah there's no there's no more of that i don't think i think the move the rest of the movies we plan to i cover think so are pretty accessible yeah. yeah yeah exactly 
Uh, so remember that you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram uh, at PSL of Hoffman. And also that I have another show on the Cage Club Podcast Network called High School Slumber Party. We were talking about high school films. Kyle's been on a ton. And Kyle, of course, you have foodie films. Yeah, foodie films. You are on recently with your, your wife, Nicole. My wife. I, know, I always want to say it when you said it before. It was, it's ruined forever. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Borat 2 is coming out, so there you go. We'll be covering that on Foodie Films. Right? <laughs> Maybe. He's got some good food scenes in him. Uh, but, yeah, so that was fun. Talked the 100-foot journey, delightful, feel-good, for the most part, movie. Um, yeah, it was fun talking this movie. This was a, uh, uh, you know, for having to change the plans and do one remotely, I feel like this is a good one even though you know he wasn't in a whole lot it's such a juicy part it's a great so, part it's a great yeah. role definitely something that put him in that a-list because he's going toe-to-toe with the hottest names at the time yeah perfect love it love the soundtrack just look at them great so everything's you know this is a really cool film so uh why don't you kyle uh say what we say at the end of every episode here guys until we talk to you next stay uncool